huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, some of the episodes I've been given feedback on that have made the biggest difference in people's lives is where we've opened up on depression, anxiety, and even touched in maybe the mental health side of business. You know, business can be lonely, you start up on your own, you know, you're not making the money you want to make when you start out, you don't have a big team around you and a buzz. You're working all hours trying to make it pay. And, you know, I know that that can be lonely and I know that you can have some dark times. So wanted to focus on interviewing someone who'd had that experience themselves. So the interview you're about to go into is with Josh Patterson. Now, you may have seen Josh on Made in Chelsea. He's become you know, quite a big star and celebrity. He's got half a million Instagram followers. Uh, And he's also got experience in playing professional rugby uh, and also as a property developer. He's also now got businesses in the health and fitness and sports arena. So he's a diverse guy, very successful at the age of just 28. But we focused most of the podcast on some of his experiences of depression, anxiety, etc. Now, you'll notice when you listen, it took a few minutes to dig in and get there. But I think we really got some gold after a little bit of a warm up. Uh, and um, you know, we also went into things like how he built his Instagram following uh, and some of his business interests. And I just think it's just a totally, totally unique episode that um, that I really hope you'll enjoy. So thanks for tuning in to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. Here is my interview with Josh Patterson. Josh, thanks for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Would you mind taking us back to the first time that you can remember where? You know, you felt pretty anxious, or you, you know, you felt some proper strong, maybe you know, depression times. See, I spoke about this a while ago when I was on Good Morning Britain, and I think actually now I've become more educated within mental health. I'd probably date it back to the earliest of my years, to be honest with you. I think you know, as young as six or seven. Um, at the time, you you don't really know what it is that you're going through. You know, it's it's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of frustration that you don't really know what's going on. Do why you're very different to a lot of people, and I think it's only now where I kind of really revert back to those younger years where I can really assess 
what was going on in my mind and kind of connect the dots and actually put a label on it that it was actually, I wouldn't say depression, but I think it was more the anxiety that I was feeling at the time. Mm. So what would you say is the difference between having a bad day and just feeling pretty lousy and, and what people might label clinically as anxiety or depression or mental illness? It's a tricky one. And I think the issue right now with mental health is there is a miscommunication of what it is. I think there are so many cases now where the minute somebody feels like they may be having a bad day, straight away, you know... Chuck a label on it. it, Yeah. Mm. Uh, And I think that's because they're probably not particularly sure. I think there is a massive confusion. There are days, if I'm honest with you, where I'm not really sure um, whether it's just a bad day at the office or whether it is actually my, my health that's being affected. I think the reality is, is if you're reacting to something that hasn't gone particularly well, I'd say that's a bad day. I think for me, anxiety, I'm now getting to a point where I can, it's, it's distinctive. Um, you know, it's, it's a reaction that I have to something that's been said or an environment that I'm in or a situation that's occurred. And it's this feeling, this gut feeling that I really get when I know that it's been triggered. Um, depression is a whole different ball game. Um, I think there's definitely levels of depression that you need to look out for. I don't think it's just as simple as being in bed, wanting to be in a dark room and being left on your own. There are what I would call functional depressants out there. There are people that live very, very ordinary lives. They get through the day perfectly well. You probably wouldn't even know. I mean, to be honest with you, when I first came out about my past with depression, it's the first time that my mother, my father, and probably 98% of my friends had heard of it. So, you, I mean, that just shows you how much you can function throughout the right. day without having actually to open up about it. And d- did you try and hide it? I don't think it was a case of hiding it. I think, again, it was a lack of education and understanding of it. Um, it wasn't something that I felt comfortable opening up about because I didn't really know what it is I was going through. I think the reason why I'm so passionate about speaking out about it is because there are so many wonderful male and females out there, so many children out there that may be seen as troubled, you know, bad children where they, you know, they're told off. And actually the reality is, is that there is something far deeper rooted going on within. And actually by speaking out about it, I've had so many parents messaging me um, so grateful for hearing the interview because you know, for so long they felt like their child had been troubled and actually that they are going through something so much more. Mm. And the relationship that they now have with their child is completely different. Mm. So can you remember the time, the exact time, when you first opened up about it publicly, whether it was your parents or in media? Do you know what? Uh, I think it was Good Morning Britain. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think so it was. You saved it until it was in front of like loads of people. Too. Do you know what? I th- for me, it was just, if I'm going to do this, I think it was I wasn't... Actually, no, do you know what? That's, that's not the truth. I opened up to my dad about it beforehand. And the issue that I think a lot of men have in life with themselves and with their, with their father or even friends, you know, we're males, we're, we're, we're hardened men, we've got lots of testosterone, we don't talk about our emotions. My dad's a hardened Northern Irishman. I lived there for two years. I know those guys incredibly well. They don't speak. They just they just do it. Mm. And unfortunately, when I spoke to my dad about it, my dad is honestly, I am who I am today because of him. He's been my biggest support. But when it came to that emotional level of opening up, saying, Dad, I, you know, I have depression. I'm, I'm really low right now. 
he just didn't get it. Mm. He wanted to understand it, but he couldn't. And actually, I, if I'm honest with you, I think my dad has had his troubles with, with health, but being uneducated in it and probably not accepting it, mm. that's the difference. I'm quite an emotional guy. I'm very open to, to speaking out about my feelings, as you can tell today. Mm. So having mentioned it to him, it wasn't the response I got. And sometimes that, that can How be quite- How did that make you feel? It's troubling because, you know, you, your parents are someone or are people that you can always open up to. And the reality is, unless you have been through that yourself, you're never going to understand it. Mm. You'll have people that can be incredibly compassionate and supportive, but unless you've been through that, it's like saying to a pregnant woman, I understand what you're going through when they've had a baby. <laughs> you don't. No. You can see it, yeah. you can almost feel the pain, but you don't know. I never ever feel angry towards any individual because I think that's unfair. I think, you know, what I've realized in time, and this isn't just my dad, I think it's friends as well. There are friends that can understand it and be supportive and there are friends that can't. And there are times where I've spoken to friends about it and I come out and I'm so infuriated by the conversation because they're, they're saying the wrong thing. So I went from being angry to just understanding it. That The reality is there are certain people that you can go to that are great and there are certain people that you go to and they're not. Mm. You know, it's like that in any life, you know, therapy, if that's something that you want to d delve into. I've been to a number of therapists and actually there are some that have made me come out feeling infuriated and even angrier than, than I had gone in. And then I've met one individual and I come out and I feel enlightened. It's like anything in life. It's just trial and error, trying to find the right thing that works. Mm. What made you, knowing that your dad was you know, pretty hard, approach him and talk to him? That must have been hard for you. No, because I talk to my dad about anything. Right. You know, my, we've always had an incredibly, my sister and I have always had an amazing relationship with my, with, with, with my mum and dad. Um, for everything that I've been through, he's always been incredible. Mm. You know, just in this instance, it was something that he hadn't got at the time. If I ever speak to him now about anything, he's more aware of it, yeah. he's more understanding of it. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's constantly concerned and, and, and wanting to make sure that I'm okay. Mm. That's the important thing. I think what can be really tough for individuals is that when they have opened up, and you know, I admire the people that do, it's not easy to those people, parents included, and parents just are not accepting of it, mm. that's when it can become really troubling. Yeah, there's something interesting you just said about knowing friends that you can talk to about it and not, this is probably one of the hardest things, but um, if you're going to open up about something, then if you cannot judge the reaction from others and do it for yourself, I think that that's a, a really important thing. Because I think a lot of people, you know, you want support, you want acceptance or whatever, but that's putting your feelings and happiness in the hands of someone else. If I could give anyone advice, and this is from a doctor that I'm, I'm very close with, Dr. Vidi, she's a remarkable woman, is never expect anything from anyone. Mm. The minute you expect something from someone, you'll be disappointed. Yeah. Just accept yeah. the outcome, no matter what it yeah. is, and just get on with it. Yeah, and, and that's easy for us to say sitting here and hard in reality, isn't it? Because we all have voids we want to fill in our life. And if people can lift us up and you know make us feel good and say all the right things, we can get that externally, when in reality, you need to get it internally in and of yourself. Massively so, and the reality is, is not everyone has that incentive mm. or, or, or the passion for it. I am passionate about mental health because I feel like I'm in a position now where I have a profile and I can utilize it. And mm. I utilize it for these reasons that I do have a voice that can be heard. Um, 
and I know that by by voicing what I've been through and helping other people, you know, it, I, it's a small bit, but mm. I can make a difference yeah. in some way. Um, you know, I just wish that more people would 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 potentially come out and 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 have the bravery to speak of it because you know it's it's only something that we're touching on right now. Mm. You know, the reality is, I think they were saying, you know, one in four people are affected or will be affected by mental health. You know, up north now, it's the highest rate of suicide I think it's ever been. Eating disorders within schools are the highest that they've ever been. And I don't think the old conventional ways are necessarily the right, right one, sorry, to face this head on. And, and, and I would never say fix it because you're never going to. There will mm. always be cases, but how we can improve on it. Yeah. Um, you know, the NHS is, is, I mean, it's it's in such dire straits right now because of, of, of how stretched they are. And actually, I'm not saying that I have solutions necessarily um, that I could offer, but fitness for me has just been so pivotal in saving my life. And having worked with so many individuals that have suffered from the same, if fitness has done the same, rather than pointing fingers at the NHS and saying, why are you not delivering? Why do we not go down a fitness route that doesn't cost as much, will be more cost effective to the government? Mm. Again, like I said, because this is something that I'm only just familiarising myself with, why would anybody else? Mm. So come back to the fitness in a minute, because I know it's been a big part of your life. I would still like to get from you almost like a definition, like how did you know you were depressed? Because like we're on a double-edged sword, I think, here. What I don't want people to do when they listen to this is go, yeah, I'm depressed. Thanks, Rob, for helping me understand that. Thanks, Josh, for giving me the label. When they're not, when they just have bad days, but they're having a lot of bad days. But then the people who really are depressed, who really need help, you know, it'd be great if we could help them come forward. So this, the difference between having some bad days and actually knowing you're depressed, I think is so important to define that. And you had a day where you came to your dad and you knew, or you felt you knew you were depressed. What was the difference? You know, what, how did you know you were depressed? You, you are you are a broken person. You really are. And I was at that time. You know, there was a lot going on in my life that had heavily affected me. And um, it just got to the point where, you know, I, I started to get suicidal thoughts. Um, and to be honest with you, life is a precious thing. It's, it's too valuable to, to throw away. And so this is where I say to people, actually, do you know what? I'm going to take this line from Will Smith, of all people. It's not your fault what's happened to you, but how you allow it to find you is your choice. Mm. And the reality was that I was at the lowest point in my life. You know, all the symptoms that you, you often see. Like what? Well, you know, for me, my symptoms were um, sleeping an, an awful lot, not wanting to leave my room becoming a recluse. I didn't want to, 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 to speak to people. I just wanted to be left to my, myself. My ambition had gone. My appetite had gone. Uh, my anger had increased. Uh, and I think it's because I had no control. So the mm. only way you express yourself is with anger. And uh, how long had that been like that before you were like, you know, this really is something? Quite quite some time. I think it'd be... What, a I month, think, a year? No, I think... Uh, God, to put a, a... I reckon maybe... Maybe a solid year, right. I'd say. But yeah. I managed to keep hold of it, and then it just got to the point where I just hit breaking point, and I said, you know what, this is where you've got what was to your own breaking it. Point? Uh, I think it was 
just the anger, you know, I was just within myself, you know, some of the actions that I was, was doing. Was there like an event or the work or some, something you did? No, it would never, never be public, it would never no. be public, it would never be people. It, was, it would always be with myself and I think yeah. that's the issue is that the majority of what it is that's going on in your mind or your actions tend to be in private. Yeah. It's not often that you hear of people necessarily uh, behaving in it publicly, so that's why I think people's reactions are always so surprised. It's like, mm. well, there were no signs of it. It's because you tend to keep it to yourself. Mm. Um, I think my anger was just increasing, and it got to the point where you know something would have happened to myself, and I just went, no, right, enough is enough. And I, I spoke to my dad. And was although that the first step, had anyone ever reached out to help you, or had you read any books, or was it just you just? knew in yourself and then you approached your dad? I just knew in myself. It wasn't a case of anyone reaching out because nobody knew. Yeah, um, you Yeah, because I get the impression you're good at hiding some of your feelings. I'm, you know, I'm an incredibly emotional guy. You know, I put my heart on my sleeve if yeah. I need to. Um, it, it was Interesting, one of, if I need to. If I need to, yeah. you know, I don't, if, if, under the right circumstances, if someone was to sit here with me right now and they wanted to discuss with me something connected, you know, to their personal life, if there was an issue they were going through, then I will put my heart on the sleeve and I will offer them everything that I have. Mm. But I'm not someone that, that um, will do it all the time. Yeah. You know, there's a time and a place, I think. Um, mm. You know, if you're just having a conversation with a friend about football, I'm not going to start pouring my heart out. <laughs> well, unless it's about Liverpool. <laughs> um, we did that together because I'm a Liverpool fan. Perfect. And what a horrible day yesterday. <laughs> yeah. The worst day. Yeah. The worst day. Didn't even score a goal. It was an own goal. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, you know, so speaking to my dad, I think was it wasn't the response I had got, but actually it was the first step. Mm. Okay, so what would you say to someone yep. who feels some similarities to all the things you've said yep. uh, and, you know, w would like some help? What should they do? And, I'm, you know, I'm, none of, neither of us in here are clinical yep. doctors or psychiatrists, and that's important to say. Yep. What, what, what do you recommend they should do? I, I can only speak for myself what helped me, but I think if you follow these simple steps, I guarantee you that your life will change in one way or another. You, it will just take time. Mm. The reality is with any form of anxiety or depression, it's incurable. It's not like a broken leg where it just heals. It's something that will always be there, but you learn how to deal with it. You can live a happy and fulfilled life. There are cases where, I, you know, there's one girl who's an ambassador of my brand who had anxiety and through her choices in life now has completely, she, she has said she's got rid of anxiety. So I actually, you know what, maybe I'm contradicting myself. I think there are definitely people out there that have. Me, myself, I will always suffer from it. And I, I've just got something in my mindset that, you know, is, is, is constantly fighting it. But so I've you're learned, just managing it. I manage yeah. it. I manage it on a daily basis. And this is why when I say to the individuals that are watching this, that if you follow these simple steps that I have, it's improved my life and I'm the person I am today because of it. Mm. What you need to assess first is your lifestyle. What is it that you're doing on a daily basis? You know, how often are you drinking? Drinking, in, you know, I'm very, very calculated when I drink. I, you know, who the people are that I'm drinking with, the environment that I'm in, what it is that I'm doing the next day. Alcohol can have a really knock-on effect on me the next day sometimes. Nutrition, what food are you eating? If you're eating terrible foods all day long, it's going to make you feel terrible. You know, your body, the, the physique that you have. I'm not saying you have to have a six-pack or have an incredibly um, lean body, but what I am saying is you are probably going to feel a lot better about yourself if you're slightly more athletic. So just be really careful about the foods that you're consuming, you know, takeaways and things like that. Just try and keep it as clean as you possibly can.
I think the people that you surround yourself with is incredibly important. Now, if you're surrounding yourself with supportive and positive people, that will have a knock-on effect with you. If you're surrounding yourself with negativity, that will have a knock-on effect with you. What I always say to people, touching on the Will Smith thing, is, is that, you know, it's happened to you. It's really shit that it has. But what I always say to the individuals, and I, you know, I include myself in this, it defines you, but it defines you in whatever way you wish it to be. Mm. If you want to victimise yourself from this disorder and allow it to ruin your life, that's your choice. But the wonderful thing is, is that we've been gifted this life, and actually you have a decision to make, and that decision can be the right one, which is going, right, do you know what? I have got it, but I'm going to fucking get on with it because mm. there is so much more to get. Mm. So I interviewed uh, one of the top hostage, hostage negotiators in the world, and she is totally not what you would expect if you pictured that, Not certainly not what you see in films. And she's helped endless people from you know, saving their life from suicide. She, she said she sat outside a car for something like 12 hours while I was pouring down with rain and stopped someone from committing suicide. And she said the common thing that she saw is, it's not one thing, it's not two things, it's when three things in your life go wrong maybe you lose your job then maybe you have a family member who is ill or dies and it's like that third thing can and it's almost like we can handle one area um have you got any thoughts about that i don't know i mean i i guess so i think every every case is different you know in some instances they're now saying that it could be hereditary people could literally be born with it so just jump in does that worry you that we can start labeling this you know because because the thing with saying something's hereditary is someone could own that. Oh, well, it's in my genes, therefore I am. Yeah, but that then goes back to my point of that's the decision yeah. you have to make. If you want to accept that and allow that to be the tool that you Which constantly... I never want anyone watching no. or listening to think. Yeah. Absolutely not. If you want to go through life saying, okay, well, I've just heard that it could be hereditary, therefore I've been born with it, I feel sorry for myself, yeah. that's your choice. Yeah. And I, that, that's when I, I get very angry with people. You know, I'm very, mm. when people message me, I'm incredibly supportive, but I'm tough with them. You yeah. have a decision to make, and I keep, I keep repeating that line, you have a decision to make. Mm. If you want to victimise yourself, and don't get me wrong, there are people who are far worse off in this world than me that have suffered the most in, inhumane behaviour towards them, but you still have life. Mm. You still have life, and there are so many ambassadors out there now that have suffered so much and yet you've looked how they've overcome it and what it is that they're doing and what they're putting back into society. Yeah. These are the people that you need to be yeah. connecting with. And I think this is a really important thing to say. It's, it's about choice and decision. Um, there's a really powerful interview with Martin Lewis, the money-saving expert, recently on BBC Radio. And um, obviously it's around Mother's Day now and his mum died when he was 12 and it was a real shock and it just, he said he cried and cried and cried. And he says it's that void that's just driven him to, to be successful that he's really proud of now. Oprah Winfrey got abused and raped and look how successful she is. Viktor Frankl was um, sterilised and pretty much everyone died in the concentration camps. And he came out and yeah. then his book, Man's Search for Meaning, has changed the world. Um, so I think sometimes, I agree with you with people and also podcasts and listen to documentaries you yeah. watch. Because... There can be someone who's had a bad day that turns it into a bad life, and there can be someone who's had a bad life and turns it into a great gift. I think it is. I mean, you, you can look at it in, in, in two ways. You can look at it that it's a curse that you have it, or you can look at it as a blessing. You know, if I'm honest with you, if I was given the choice to have it or not, you, you would you would probably say not, because actually, why would I? Why would I want to But it defines it? who you are. But the reality is, I am the person I am today because of it. 
So actually, you know, I did a series recently and I've, I filmed a guy, James Sutliff, and I think actually he nailed it on the head and I, I completely agree with him. This guy was a semi-professional rugby player and one day he went to bed, he woke up the next day, he could no longer walk, speak, and he lost the mobility in his hands. His identity had been completely wow. stripped of him. Mm. And what's amazing about him is that when I asked him the question, if you look at what you're doing now, this guy's on BBC, he's on ITV, his story's incredible, he's now a qualified PT, he's dealing with uh, patients who have Parkinson's, autism, cancer, depression, all of their symptoms have improved since he's trained with them because of what he's been through. Mm. And I said to him, if you look at what you've achieved to this point, if you could go back in time and trade it to be the person that some people say you should, or you could be, would you do it? And he went, no, nah. this is me. Mm. This is who I am. This defines me. This has got me to this point and I'm going to continue getting better and better and better. His look on life has completely changed. He values it now more than he ever has. That for me is the right role model. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I don't know if you've read Christopher Reeves. Um, he's, he's written an autobiography and obviously famous story of him, the sad irony of him being Superman and getting falling off his horse, breaking his neck. Yeah. And um, he went through all of his, you know, I want to kill myself. I want my life to be ended for like probably years. And um, he just used it, honed all of that into positivity you and helping to, people. You have to. You know what? A friend of mine came on a motorbike with his son on his back and his girlfriend had his daughter on her back and my best friend in a separate motorcycle. And they came to Norfolk to meet my daughter for the first time. And there's this beautiful photo of, of him holding my daughter and we're all stood up there. That was the last time he would ever stand again because actually on the way home, I think it was an hour and a half into our journey to London, I got a phone call to say that they'd been in a horrific accident. And unfortunately, my best friend had gone into the back of him and had broken his back, and he's now paralysed in a wheelchair. I was so distraught by this. I cried and I cried and I cried. And all I cried, it was, it was the reality of how this guy's life was going to be different and he wouldn't be the same. And when I went into the hospital to visit him for the first time, and this is again going back, you have a decision. Instead of this guy, angry, upset, you know, why, why has this happened to me? He just went, you know what, Josh, everything happens for a reason. You might not know what the reason is at the time, but it will come and it will make sense. Now, his life since that accident's happened has just improved because he's made it that way. He basically called me up a, a couple of months ago and said, listen, I want to start doing marathons. And I, I guarantee you he will be a Paralympic athlete. It will get to that point. And him and I are now training. I'm going to do it in a wheelchair with him. We're going to go do the Berlin Marathon in September. It's the choices you make. Mm, now he yeah. can either sit back and be that guy who feels sorry for himself in a wheelchair or he can go and grab life. And that's exactly what he's doing. And the mm. positive impact he's having, whether you're fully able-bodied or not, is huge. Yeah. The respect that he's getting from people is huge. And the social media is not a beacon of your success. Mm. But this is a very ordinary guy from Kings Lynn who now has over 25,000 followers who embrace his daily movements and yeah. are inspired by his story. Wow, yeah, that's great. That's, that is, um, that's just so inspiring. We just couldn't have a bad day ever again if you just think of someone like that. That's it, you should never compare yourself to others, but actually when you compare sometimes in terms of like yeah. what this person's been through and actually I think I'm having a bad day. No, I'm not having a bad day. You need to figure it out. Yeah. 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 So let's pivot a bit towards business then. Yes. So um, starting your own businesses as you have. Yes. Um, I started my own business in 2006. Well, if I don't count being three years as an artist. 
Um, and business can be lonely, especially when you start up on your own and you're working from home or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, what support would you give to people who are starting their businesses and they're a bit lonely? You know, they're not working in this big buzzing office with a load of team members. Yeah, do you know what? I think the problem is you, you listen to so many uh, entrepreneurs and you read so many autobiographies and you end up trying to live the life that they've lived. And the reality is, is that sometimes you're in a better position than the next person. And you read of entrepreneurs that came from nothing and they, you know, they bullshitted their way through life and they, they, they claimed they had an office and they didn't and they only ate baked beans for six years and, you know, that's fine. You've been reading my autobiography. Is it? Is no, it? No, no, no. So, no, you know, no. <laughs> you read these stories and don't get me wrong, I mean, wow. Mm. But you almost have people going, well, I need to be that person yeah. to be a success. And you don't. Do you know what? If you have an office, right, and it's gloomy, make it nice. Yeah. Buy something. Have have something in th- th- that will make you smile. You know, the mm. office that I'm in right now, we have a ping pong table. Best investment that could have been purchased. Mm. Because do you know what? Whether we've got we've got you know several different companies within this office space, whether you're the director, the uh, you know the intern, the assistant, whatever it may be, to have that person come round when you're stressing your mind out and you've been glued to a, to a screen all day, do you want a quick game, mate? Which turns mm. into five games. Yeah. But the difference that makes to your mindset when you come back to that screen, you're fired, you're mm. ready to go again. Yeah. If you want to sit in a gloomy office all day, that's your choice. Mm. That's uh, that's not a choice I'm going to be taking anytime soon. That's for yeah. sure. So you're basically saying, whatever situation you're in, with you're working in your bedroom or whatever, just make the best of it. Massively so. You know, yeah. your home is your home. You yeah. spend a lot of your time there. Make it the best possible home possible. Yeah. You know, if you like watching TV, get yourself a big TV screen. Don't yeah. restrict yourself. I know it's all relative to, to financial stability. You know, if you don't have a lot of money and you can't afford the big screen, that's yeah, you still fine. Put like a really nice vision board of all the things that you want in your life. Put something up. If you love music, yeah. create a music room. Yeah. You know, even if it's just you sat with a CD player, again, if it's financial, do it. If there's artists that you're inspired by, put them up on your walls. Yeah. I think that's a really important thing. I think you never want to compare your story to others, but what's important is if there are stories that you're inspired by, look at them every day. People mm. love quotes from, yeah. from individuals. Put those quotes up on the wall. Have yeah. something to look to. I am just uh, had an outdoor gym built. One of my, someone else who I've interviewed uh, in this podcast uh, set up a company called Escape. They're a big fitness company and he's done really well. And um, he fit a big external gym with a punch bag and Brilliant. chin-up bar and hot tub and the sleds and all of that. And um, all the uh, all the hater quotes that inspire me are put on the, all down the side of the wall. Well, that's uh, it, you, you know, know. Definitely makes you do a few more reps. That's the thing. Every <laughs> Everyone is different. You know, you like hate quotes. For me, I don't acknowledge it. Yeah. I don't acknowledge hate because if I did, <sighs> I would have given up a long time yeah. ago. It doesn't yeah, matter. They inspire me, they motivate me. So. I just don't waste my time with people that have negative energy. If yeah. you don't like what I'm doing, fine. It's very simple. You know, I get tweeted and Instagrammed and you, yeah. you get people say this. It's as simple as this in life. If you get given a meal and you don't like the taste of it, don't eat it. If yeah. you're watching television and you don't like what you're watching, change the channel. Yeah. If someone's done a tweet or an image that you don't like, click off it. Mm. It's as simple as that. Don't waste your time and your energy on criticising on someone when you yeah. can actually just focus on yourself. You know what, I think that that is great advice and you make it sound so simple, which I think is the strength of it. The amount of people that can't take feedback, you know, because and, and, often people call people trolls who aren't trolls, they're just critics giving an opinion. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, imagine how much time we'd all save in our life if we just moved on and nothing to see. Simple. And you know, I think, unfortunately, we, we are very prone... I mean, this is just me assessing what I've seen. We're a very 
critical country. Mm. Yeah. We love to criticize one another. And actually, if we could just focus that energy on some of the positivity, mm. we'd be a far happier place. Yeah. But, you know, there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's move now on to your TV work. Yes. Um, you were uh, on Made in Chelsea. Yes. And we were just talking before we started yeah. about you filmed some of your own shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, just do you want to talk to us about that? So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was doing property and then uh, three years ago I got a message from uh, the production and asking me to join the show. And, you know, I, I spoke to my dad at the time and said, Dad, you know, listen, like we've, we've started building this business together. Um, I've just bought my own home it makes no sense me doing this. And it was my dad, and this is why I say he's a support, he was like, if you don't get your fucking ass to London right now and take that opportunity, he's yeah. like, I'll sack you. Yeah. You don't have a choice. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. cool. So I showed up and I, I had the interview and fortunately got signed, and mm. it was the best decision I ever made. Um, property is, is a passion of mine, but what I'm doing now, it stimulates mm. me and it's made me the happiest person um, you know, I've been in a long, long time. Mm. And was, would you say um, the Made in Chelsea was good for your career and your profile? Because TV can go one or two ways, can't it? Massively so. I yeah. think, you know, touching on what we spoke about previously, I think when you're in an environment on a building site and you're familiar with the individuals that you spend every day with and the hard graft that goes into it, you know, for me going into the TV side of things, you know, it was, it was going into it with a business plan. Mm. Not a lot of individuals that go onto television, I think, necessarily have a plan in place. And for yeah. me, you know, having learned from, from being in business for a few years, I had three passions, which were fitness, fashion, and mental health. And yeah. by going on this TV show, it could open doors. I wasn't interested in partying. You know, I wasn't interested in girls. I wasn't interested in fame, because fame for me is irrelevant. What mm. does that mean? What, yeah. you, a few people, a few more people know you. Once that fame goes, those people will start to drop off yeah. one by one. Yeah, just quick, yeah, quickly, um, Whitney Houston's documentary, I just watched that, I love watching documentaries. And she said, there's nothing wrong with success, but fame is the problem. And Always. of course she, you know, ended up dying of an overdose. Um, it's, so it's, it's interesting you say that. It's, if you surround, like I said, if you surround yourself with the right people and your incentives are the right things, mm. mine was never financial, it was never fame. Yeah. Because the reality is it's like a drug, you're addicted mm. to it. And actually when that drug starts to run out, that fame starts to deteriorate, you know, the people that used to love you no longer yeah. do, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. You know, whereas if you start to invest your time into businesses and into people that is positive, mm. you're only gonna get positivity back. Yeah. Safeguard yourself. Mm. And it did, it opened these doors to these three separate career paths that I was heavily invested in. You know, mm. I'm here sat chatting to you now about yeah. the, you know, mental health. Fashion wise, you know, I've, I've you know, I've, I've been blessed to, to model for some, some incredible brands. And fitness, you know, have, fitness. Have you, have you modeled for? I didn't even know that. Yeah, I have, yeah. yeah. I did a lot of stuff with Nike. Uh, oh. I did some stuff with Dior. I did some stuff with Beyond Borg. I did a, an amazing box campaign, and that opened up a load of yeah. doors for me. You know, I've done a lot of work with them ever since. Yeah. Um, I did a, a wonderful campaign in Morocco with Fairfax and Favour, who are now the fastest growing shoe company uh, in the wow. country. Yeah. You know, and these are opportunities. With, uh, do you think that'd come because of um, your TV work? You know, you got a, a profile. Do you know what? I think what people get confused with, and this is advice for anyone that wants to go on TV, I think when people think they're going to go on TV that this stuff will be handed to them, and it's rubbish. Mm. It won't. 
being on TV will only get you so much, but the person you are is yeah. what will get you the jobs. Right. You're only as good as the last job that you had. Yeah. So if you're respectful and you have professionalism, that will stand you in good stead. Mm. You know, Some people won't necessarily think like that. That's fine, that's the journey that they wanna take. Yeah. But I think having that reputation with every job that I've taken, we've built a really good foundation, You know, and it's gonna continue to grow. Mm. Um, I think just showing gratitude as well, you know, mm. uh, it's great, you've worked hard, you've made sacrifices to get these jobs. But you have to be grateful. These guys have worked hard. This is their hard-earned money. You've got to make sure that when they're investing in you, you're repaying them in full. Mm. Sure. So you said you went into Made in Chelsea with a plan. Yeah. Tell, talk, tell us that plan. So yeah, it was. It was It was the, fit, the fitness, the fashion, and the mental health. And um, you know, for me, it was never going to be a long game. Uh, reality TV um, was something that I was interested in, but it was never going to be for life. Mm. Uh, it was a case of getting in, making the most of the opportunity. You know, I miss it greatly. I miss the family, the production team behind yeah. it. You know, you spend every day with these guys. Mm. But what I'm doing now is, is you know, I, you've always got to look to the future for the next thing. And although that door will always be open, you know, since we've left the show, my girlfriend and I, um, you know, I've set myself up. Did a, you meet her on the show? I did meet her on the show. What a great gift then. And I got a daughter from it yeah. as well. Wow. Baby and a relationship. I mean, what more do you want you from it? You don't need anything else. Exactly. Close the businesses now. She's uber successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. You know, Holiday for six months. Made in Chelsea now. Kept made yeah, in yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's funny. I wish I'd have had yours or your dad's advice because I turned down Secret Million and I got offered to do that. Right. And I turned it down because two people I'd know, I knew had done it before and I kind of like, I was a bit like, mm, well, you know, they've done it. I'm behind, you know. Yeah. It's, Should it's, have just done it. It's a tricky one. I, the, you know, like I'm, I'm here with you right now doing a podcast, and we're we're going to be going and doing a speech in front of eighty people. I went through life so often saying I can't do it, mm. or so afraid of the judgment that I was going to receive, and I ended up missing out on a lot of wonderful opportunities. And I remember, like a year ago, we got uh, a phone call from Stand Up to Cancer asking if I would do, uh, if I would host a quiz. I said to my agent, I've never hosted anything like this before. And he went, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And I just kept, oh, no, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. But he eventually persuaded me and I went and did it and I had the best time of my life. Mm. And since I've done that, you know, things like this today, it terrifies me, it really yeah. does. Because, you know, you've got a, a real magnitude of people that have come to hear you. Some that are just starting out, some that have been in the game for a long time. You go into it doubting yourself. Why do people want to listen to my story? Mm. What could I possibly tell someone that is making 20 million a year? That's for them to decide. Don't worry yeah. about that. You know, you guys have gifted me this opportunity. I'm going to come. I'm going to enjoy it. You learn from it. Then you're on to the next opportunity. Mm. I like, do you know what? Podcasts, I think, are just amazing. Mm. And you can see why they're just growing and getting bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. Because it's such an intimate way of being able to talk mm. to one another. And there are so many topics that you can talk about. Yeah. The great thing about podcasting as well is no media can twist the narrative. You know, and like a lot of people are scared to do proper media now because yeah, it gets twists. When I was filming with some of these guys, my title would be like the voice that's never been heard because mm. of his speech. You get other uh, production companies coming in and the head title would be the disabled bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. They manipulate the situation yeah. in order to generate the most traction. I get it from a business point of view, mm. but you often do interviews and they twist your word. Yeah. Or like you know, a friend of mine, his two sisters had cystic fibrosis. Have you heard of it? So it's, yeah. A, it's a, yeah. Mm. So they basically died a year apart from one another. Oh, yeah. And he's a big advocate for it right now. And the, the, the title that they had like orchestrated around yeah. it 
was just so tasteless. Mm. And that I think puts people off. Yeah. You know, when you're literally opening yourself up mm. for the right reasons and it's been manipulated, people are almost like, well, what the fuck's the point yeah. of doing it? Yeah. It's a tricky one. Mm. Yeah, podcasts are getting huge. Huge. I'm seeing my uh, downloads just go up and up and up. Um, you've done incredibly well on Amazon, yeah, haven't you? Good. Yeah, yeah, but podcasts and my books have done pretty good. I mean, you know, I always want a little bit more and I always compare myself to the big dog, so, that, you know. Look at it this way, about, there's a lot of people that haven't achieved what you've achieved yeah, with Amazon. Yeah, so. yeah, it's like what you said about comparing yourself to others, you know, I've tried hard not to do that. It's that balance between drive, so that you keep pushing yourself, but not like, you know, like Tim Ferriss and Joe Rogan have got huge podcasts. Joe Rogan gets 100 million downloads a month. He's American, isn't he? Yeah. But he does like UFC and yeah, all sorts of stuff. Like, but yeah. also, I think he caters for a demographic in America where he's foul-mouthed, yeah. they're blunt. Yeah. It's that aggressive American mentality. Yeah. How well that would do in this country, yeah. I don't know. No. But I, you, it's, I'm, I'm, I, I love them. I watch hundred million downloads. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Though. I mean, he's he's another level, and I've got to say, his YouTube. Like, I'm not a big advocate for watching stuff on it, but when I do, like, I do enjoy his podcast yeah. because of his knowledge behind things. Yeah. He is entertaining. Yeah, and he's, he is quite a smart guy. Knows he his go, stuff. He goes into those political debates that some people wouldn't dare go. He knows he knows his stuff and he's got enough clout to be able to back it up. Mm. I think the thing is with podcasts now, they're getting bigger, but it's a bit like the YouTube um, search, you know, where everyone's like, shit, I can make money on YouTube, yeah. let's go and smash it. I think podcast is going to get that and you're going to yeah. get a lot of crap. Yeah, I think you know, you're right. I think you've got to make sure your incentives are yeah. the right reasons because when you've got people who are just picking topics that they're not passionate about yeah. and they're trying to utilise that. And selling four ads in a 20 minute podcast. I've never ever sold an ad on my podcast. You'll be about the 240th episode just because, I, you know, like... I just we don't do it with YouTube, with Limitless, we don't yeah. do adverts. You've got, I just think there is certain content you've got to put out there and for people to really want to engage with you, if you're openly talking about depression and then mm. it's, oh, you should go to Sainsbury's exactly. and get a free bottle of yeah, water. Yeah, it's true. You know, yeah, it's, it's going to annoy a lot of people. It loses all the credibility, doesn't it? Massively so. So yeah. you kind of, although you may feel like you're sacrificing a little bit in yeah. the long game. Oh, you make your money not. in your other businesses, don't you? But well, that's the thing. A podcast, if anything, I think is, is unless that's your sole business yeah it's it's a it's a pleasure it's a hobby that you do it's something that you're passionate about mm. so i've got a few quick fire questions if yes. that's all right yeah yeah far away um so who most inspires you god there's such an array of people give from, us a couple from from a comedy uh point of view jim carrey mm. you know my dad grew up with him uh from a western point of view john wayne my dad and i used to sit and watch that <laughs> the whole time um, my father, having yeah. come from nothing, he made something of himself. My mother, um, the, the support and compassion that she shows to everyone and anyone. Um, my sister, do you know what? My sister and I have been working together for a year and she inspires me. She's made me a far better person. Mm. My girlfriend, um, the way she is as a mother to our child, I just, I, the respect and the admiration I have for her, what mm. she goes through. The fact that she goes through sleepless nights in order to cater for me so that I can go to work feeling fresh. And she still works as well, doesn't she? She's still working as well. Superwoman. She's a superwoman. If you're watching, superwoman. Superwoman, <laughs> superwoman. Um, you know, there's so many amazing people out there that, that, that are to be inspired, but the one bit of advice I'd say is don't get too caught up about other people's stories. Mm. You've, got yeah. to, you've got to create your own story. Mm. And don't doubt yourself because you can create your story and there will be people there that want to listen to it. Mm. Amen. 
Uh, do you listen to audios or read books on business or autobiographies or, you know, kind of non-fiction self-development? Do you know what? I would love to, but I have the attention span of about three seconds. Right. I struggle. You need I to get into podcasts. I don't, I don't read books. Podcasts is something I'm definitely going to get into, yeah. 100%. I just, I'm a very fidgety guy mm. and reading for me you know if I ever get a book I probably get to like 12 13 pages <laughs> and then I, I switch off and it's it's nothing to do with the book the book's amazing yeah. it's just the person I am mm. education was never my strong point right. well I've written 11 books and my 12th book I might write a 13 page book because you, you can't be the only person in the world that if you do that do you know what the last book <laughs> I read I think was Bobby the Bad and I was 12 and that was that was like 13 14 pages but it was a cracking read yeah, alright I'll, I'll, I'll give that a go <laughs> the title kind of gave away the story yeah. but I mean it was it was good nonetheless yeah. okay so um, is there one particular thing you think is really wrong in the world that you want to change <sighs> ah god judgement there's so much judgment going on. Um, I think people abusing their power. I think there's a lot of people who have been gifted a lot of responsibility and are not doing the best job with it. Mm. You know, and I think a lot of that is very self-absorbed. You know, a lot of people go through life. What can I gain from this? And actually, sometimes it's what can I give to mm. it? So, okay, great. What's the worst advice you've ever had? What is the worst advice? God, that's a tricky one because it's so. Oh, um, what's the worst advice I've ever had? God, that's a god. What answers have you had from this? Uh, have we got no, any inspiration? No, no, no. Nah, don't compare um, yourself to others, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what What is the worst advice I've been given? I couldn't answer that. You know, I, there's nothing that's coming to my mind, but there's definitely things I've done wrong. What? Well, you'll have to um, update your social media. And That's tag it. I tell you what, yeah. the worst advice I was ever given: don't go and do Main Chelsea. Yeah. Best advice you've ever had: go and do Main Chelsea. <laughs> and finally, then, how on earth have you got half a million Instagram followers? Give us a few tips on how to build genuine. Be genuine. Yeah. Be genuine. If you're going to promote something on your brand, be passionate about that brand. Yeah or be doing a campaign with that brand because people will find you out quite quickly. People don't mm. want to be sold rubbish. Yeah. They know that you truly believe in it, they'll believe in you. Um, I think the content that I put up, I like to try and put an array up, whether it be humorous, family or business. Mm. Um, although I don't post as regularly as my agents and, and friends would like me to, I only post when there's a purpose. Mm. I don't just post for the sake of it. And how often would you say you post now? I mean, some days every day, and then sometimes I don't post for two weeks, mm. which is bad. Um, yeah, and just don't don't take yourself seriously. You know, mm. I think the issue right now with social media is there's this false sense of per perfection in mm. everything, even in your relationship. You know, I did a post about my girlfriend for for National Women's Day, and actually it was saying how much I loved her, but all the things that actually irritate me about her. Mm. People like that. Yeah, and I'm sure she'll be posting one the other way around. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Father's yeah, yeah. Day. yeah. I'll just open a box now. Yeah. I'm going to get it in the neck soon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. And then finally, where can we follow you and find you and the things that you're doing that you'd like to show an interest in other people? Let us know what you're doing. Uh, what projects am I doing at the moment? Yeah, and, and where can we follow you? And, yeah. Okay, so uh, on Instagram, follow me on there. What's um, the handle? Joshua Patterson underscore JP. 
Um, I'm currently filming a YouTube series and my second series called Limitless, where I travel the world, I travel the country, sorry, meeting people that have faced adversity or are facing adversity in one way or another and are yeah. using fitness as a means to overcome it. Uh, the first series was remarkable and, and this series we've got a very credible brand that I can't mention yet, um, but we're going to be doing it even bigger um, and I'm, I'm just to film with these guys for me is, is a form of therapy. As I said, yeah. the people you surround yourself with, they inspire you and they educate you. Mm. Um, I've just started a sports brand for women um, where we're focusing What's on the called? mind. It's called Mahara, Mahara Sport. I just spell that. M A H. I should be your agent. I'm very good at pitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with Mahara, you know, sport is a very saturated market. But what we wanted to try and achieve is actually focusing on the mind as well as the body. The reality is that every woman out there does not want to be a fitness model. They just want a healthy and a balanced lifestyle. You know, alcohol is featured in 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 some of the content that we've created because the reality is if you're training five days a week, you work hard and you want a glass of red wine with your friends, that is fine. Mm. As long as you're not doing that every night of the yeah. week. You know, we're tailing it towards anxiety, stress, so it's all very relative. And what we're trying to do here is when we people see the ambassadors of this brand, is that you are inspired by their story, but not only that, you're inspired to start creating your own story. Mm. Stop following other people's dreams, create your own. Great, great way to finish. Thank Josh. you. Josh. Thank you. Absolute Thank pleasure. You Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.